And welcome you to another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdahl, C70 at the bat, at C70 on Twitter. With me as always, Tara Wellman from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on Twitter. Hope you had a good 4th of July weekend. Um, hopefully your animals are not cowering somewhere um, from from the fireworks, uh, unlike Tara's dog. Um, but Tara, did you, did you have a good holiday weekend? I mean, it's a little bit strange not sitting down on the 4th of July to watch the baseball game. I did. It was very strange and very low-key. Normally, the 4th of July, you know, I'm with a bunch of friends and family and hanging out and spending all day with people and then worrying about my dog all night because of the fireworks. That part didn't change. <laughs> However, uh, it was just kind of at my parents' house. Um, and there were there were just four of us. And, and we were worried about the dog the whole time. And my parents' neighbors... Uh, did not play along with the small gatherings and three of the neighbors on their block had parties going. So we just stayed in our own home and all three of those folks are notorious for their firework shows. So then I scooped the dog up and went back to my place to try to protect him from the fireworks. And then my neighbor started shooting off fireworks. So it was a long night. <laughs> uh, but other than that, it was a great weekend. Well, good, good. And, um, Again, it is, you know, we, there was some ideas or some hope at one time that, that baseball would have gotten started by this weekend. The more we see what's going on with this testing and, the, and trying to get this thing together, boy, that, that really seemed like a pipe dream, doesn't it? Because, I mean, this is, this is an interesting situation that we're watching as the players have started to come back, but nobody really, I mean, we kind of know what's going on, but we don't really know what's going on and some people get tested and you know, some people are positive and sometimes we don't know who's positive and it's a, it's a really tentative, I guess, start to summer camp as they're calling it. Yeah. It's just a bizarre situation in its entirety. And look, the reality is a lot of people, expected this to be exactly what we saw, right? You're going to see guys test positive that you are surprised by. You're going to see those numbers go up as more and more tests come in. You're going to see guys coming from, you know, international travel coming back to the States or this, this flight for the Cardinals coming from the Dominican with a bunch of guys together. And all of a sudden, this is how this thing turns into an outbreak, right? Is that one guy has it, spends the time on the plane with the other guys, and then five of them have it. And that's how quickly it can become a very real problem on a lot of levels. And the the fact is, the unfortunate reality, I guess, is that this isn't surprising in the sense that I know personally, I expected there to be quite a few people who do test positive coming into this first intake screening, and then you have to sort of shuffle the deck from there and and go to the backup plan to this backup plan, right? And at first, when the first report came out from MLB and it was like 1% basically of the people tested, everybody was like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's not going to be so bad. And then reality set in when it became much more clear that that was a very, very preliminary data set and that a lot of these teams haven't even finished their initial intake screening, can't get those test results back, so they can't continue with their training, which is going to be real weird when, you know, teams are that far behind in being able to get back to the field once 
in theory, we reached that opening weekend. So yeah, just a, a strange set of circumstances, which we all expected, but it's very different to kind of imagine what this is going to be like and then to see it start playing out in reality. Yeah, I mean, it is it is strange all the way around. And then, I mean, look, we're, what, almost a week into this whole thing. I mean, because this idea of the 60-man rosters being announced on, what, the first yeah, uh, but here we are, the fifth going into the sixth. The Cardinals still haven't announced the people that are going to be in Springfield because they're still waiting on the mm-hmm. all these tests to get yeah. through and determine if they're going to need some people in in St. Louis. And that's the case, you know. Alaris Montero got called up to Bush, and then he wound up getting a positive <laughs> test, and so um, that didn't really do him any good. Yeah. Um, but with with uh, you know um, Cabrera and Sanchez both uh, being tested positive and you know, Carlos Martinez being on that flight, so he's kind of in a limbo. It feels like there's a number of others, Alex Reyes, um, a couple other guys. There's like six or seven pitchers already yeah, yeah. that are, if they're not testing positive, they're still kind of not being able to get out on the field. And and you and I were talking before the show. It's it's not that we expect that these tests are what's going to shut down baseball. If there are tests after everybody gets into this bubble, then that's a different story. But these early tests, as you said, it was kind of a, to be expected when they start doing all this testing. But what's going to be very interesting is how are they going to, how are these teams going to have enough players to play on opening day? Um, you know, the Cardinals pitching staff, uh, you know, if, if Martinez is behind, if Cabrera's behind, if Gallegos, who's, who still hasn't come home from Mexico yet, gets behind, you know, these are some important arms that need to be ready to go opening day. And it's going to be, I mean, this camp is already, you know, pretty short. Yeah. I don't know what that does for the Cardinals. Yeah. You know, the pitching side of this was always going to be the most complicated, I think. And we've talked about that, just how you get pitchers game ready without them pitching in game situations and how you get their arms to where they need to be, especially look, the Cardinals have been in the position where they had enough starting pitching, especially without having a triple A season to worry about that. You could in theory piggyback start every one of those guys and not have to get them to, to go deep into games, at least for quite a while. But if those guys start dropping off or having to be out for two weeks or whatever it is, and, and keep in mind this, this COVID IL doesn't necessarily mean that somebody who lands on it tested positive. It just might mean that they were in contact with someone who did. So there's the the sort of incubation period where they're waiting to see what is happening or what isn't happening. And that could be something along the lines of what we're seeing with some of these guys that there isn't news about yet. But also, they can their names can only be announced if the player gives them permission to announce their names. So there's all this sort of wink and a nod without saying what we all know they're saying kind of thing going on. And that just, it leads to more confusion and and to a little bit less uh, of an ability to get a grasp of what's actually happening. And I would imagine there's some level of that same confusion with, with managers, right. In trying to figure out who they are going to have available and how they build a strategy around that. So I think for me, the, the number of positive tests is not super surprising to me at this point. I do think that it became this sort of in-your-face reality when we start seeing that list growing and growing and then realizing, okay, so what's this team actually going to look like if we get to that that 
opening weekend set of games because it's probably not going to be the team that everyone expected to take the field, you know, under the the most perfect of circumstances within this very imperfect bubble. Yeah. I mean, what do, what is that? What's the cry basically out of coming out of spring training? Normally it's take your best 25 or 26 as it would be. I mean, you want the best players. That's why you, you know, so many people would argue to take a a Dylan Carlson over a Dexter Fowler. Don't worry about contracts. And we know all that's never going to happen anyway. But this year, it really is not best available, but most healthy. <laughs> who, yeah, who is actually available? You know, yeah. I mean, if we've got, um, you know, and this is, it becomes interesting. I know I was reading Derek Gould's article where they, you know, it's an idea that, you know, maybe a Zach Thompson, who was just drafted last year, could be at Bush um, if a number of these you know, these situations don't clear off with Cabrera and all these, if they don't clear up pretty soon, you could have a guy like that come in and, and maybe make a jump. You know, this is a, an opportunity if you want to look at it slightly crassly, maybe um, for some of the young guys um, to, you know, get to the major leagues and get to, you know, this kind of level of competition even faster than they normally would have um, just because, you know, they're healthy. Um, you know, it's something to say. Now we're still two and a half weeks from, you know, opening day. Um, and if these places clear up and it may be that, you know, we're looking at a lot of piggyback starts and, and, and just trying to make sure a, a guys can go two or three innings more than even four or five. Um, but you know, as we get closer to that time, it's going to be really interesting to see who's pitching and who's not and, and how they're able to develop this because, and I mean, which is ironic a little bit because, you know, we, we spent a lot of the spring worrying about the offense, um, but it seems like they're all going to be there. And now we're here sitting worried about which pitchers that they're going to be able to take. Yeah. Like I said, just a bizarre situation all around. I do think it'll be interesting to watch how the Cardinals fill out that Springfield portion of the roster because of what you were just talking about, right? That it feels like they're going to need more players than they thought they were just to get enough healthy guys that they can play. And I sort of chuckle and say that with a a little bit of humor there, but it's a very real, very serious situation that makes it's the reason a lot of players are uncomfortable with this season. It's a re- the reason why a lot of them are maybe not a lot, but a number of them are choosing to opt out of this season and why I can't question that at all, because that's the the reality, right? Is it, it's, it's going to be an ongoing battle to have enough players that are healthy. And I wonder how that's going to impact this idea that John Mazalek spoke of, of, that Springfield roster being a little bit for depth and then, you know, mostly for development of some of those guys Mm -hmm. that aren't going to have a minor league season. I don't know if you're going to have the luxury of doing that. I don't know if you can, this isn't the most eloquent way of saying it, but I don't know if you can waste spots on that 60 player pool for guys that you're not expecting to be able to compete at the big league level and just have them there for development. I mean, maybe a few of them, but I don't know that you can turn this into like Palm beach, part two (laughs) and have all these young guys who you just want to get time on the field when at this point they're already digging deeper into that minor league list of guys than I think they probably wanted to. So I don't know. I just, that 60 player pool 
I almost feel like you're going to want access to as many of those guys as possible so that you're not in a situation where you're putting a young kid who has no business competing against major league pitching or competing against major league hitters on the flip side in a situation that's actually going to be detrimental to their progress and not helpful. Yeah. Now there is the argument that if you need too many of those people, then we've got a problem anyway. Well, yeah, that that's it true. may be getting into that shut, <laughs> shutdown situation. But not even not even necessarily because of, of people who are sick, right? But if if right. if someone tests positive and they contact trace and decide that someone else <laughs> needs to be on this COVID IL because they were in the same locker room with them or whatever, like in Boston, they've got guys in suites, but there's multiple players in in one suite instead of in the the clubhouse. What if you? essentially quarantine both of those guys well they both end up unavailable to you and so it could just i just feel like it could get out of hand really quickly and you're right maybe that's the root of the problem and the reason this shouldn't be happening at all but if they're gonna play anyway i just i just don't know if you can give up any of those spots and, and then you know and again i get I'm not arguing with you i do think it's interesting that the names that we have heard at least projected for springfield are guys that I don't know that they want them in the major leagues right now, but I don't think they'd be just terribly overmatched. Yeah. Nolan Gorman, yeah. he was going to play at, at Springfield this right. year anyway. Hopefully by the end of the year would have been at AAA. Um, you know, Matthew Libertor, Zach Thompson, both quick rising guys. Um, we're not seeing a whole lot of A-ball guys. Right. We have yeah, heard fair. them talk about. Now, it's possible we'll see Jordan Walker or um, yeah, that uh, the first round right. graphic for yeah. this year or, or somebody like that in that mix, just so they can get a little bit of development. But it does feel like, again, if getting into the season and they need a lot of players, then you're because of, of no man, you've got injuries and you, you know, right. that's going to happen. Yeah. But if you're needing a whole lot of those players, because, a lot of people are being tested positive or there's, you know, somebody's being tested positive and you're doing the contact rate. Then that's when you start getting into that. How long are we going to be able to keep this thing open? <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless, unless it's just the Cardinals. And then that's when baseball has to really worry about it. But most likely if it's happening in St. Louis, it's going to be happening in other places. And right. then, you know, we talked to, they were talking with Andrew Miller this weekend and he said, you know, even right now there's, he's not hundred percent sure that the season will actually mm -hmm. even start much less compl get completed. And this is a guy that's a, you know, a player rep. He's in the middle of all this. He's not, I don't want to say he's, I, I, I feel like he's informed. He knows what's going on. So, you know, for a guy like that to be concerned, I think is, you know, even though, again, we expected these tests and it may not be that big a deal right now, it is still hanging over their heads as they try to get ready for the season. Yeah. And I don't want to say, I don't want to say that, I was expecting these tests, so it's not that big of a deal. I don't want mm -hmm. that to be misunderstood. Uh, it was always a big deal, and that was the concern, right, is that this is going to happen, and it's going to be very mm -hmm. real, and it's going to catch some guys off guard, see Freddie Freeman, and maybe Tommy Pham, although I don't think he really thought that was a possibility for him to get any sort of Well, illness, I'm so. pretty sure the coronavirus made a mistake yeah. when it tried to go after Tommy <laughs> Pham. So that's just, that's just Maybe Tommy Pham can single-handedly uh, destroy the coronavirus because that would be great. Um, you know, but so I just don't want to be misunderstood. I, I'm not, I'm not 
brushing that off as right. if it's not a big deal because it's a very big deal. But it's the reality of this situation that these guys are in and that baseball is in in trying to do something that may be relatively unwise anyway. But that's the situation that they're in. So to go into this, I just felt like it was inevitable that we're going to see these positive tests. There are going to be people who surprise you. It's going to catch some players off guard. The trick is, what do you do next? Right. Mm. And that's what there doesn't seem to be a clear answer to, especially with a system that's so far behind anyway. And that was another like that was always the concern, right, is that there's all this conversation about money. There's all this conversation about contracts. There are all these theories about how to keep everyone safe, but one, no one knows how to keep anyone safe right now in the entire world, so good luck trying to figure that out on the fly. And two, there wasn't time given to implement all of these things effectively, and now you're seeing the testing so far behind that guys can't start participating in summer camp. They can't be involved. They can't even travel to the States yet. They can't... so. Teams are having a hard time even wrapping their heads around what they are dealing with because the process is so backed up. And that's just, I mean, you talk about getting to opening day, there might be teams that aren't even sure who they have available to them until a few days before that at this point because of how complicated and messy this whole intake process is, which again, not a surprise, not to not to, to in any way devalue the complexity, but just to say like that we knew this was a massive undertaking and they were trying to do it way too quickly without enough. I know it's hard to say that a 113-page manual isn't enough detail, <laughs> but detail about the wrong things perhaps. And, and, you know, that's kind of the mess that we're watching right now. Well, and I mean, you can write a manual – of all the best things in the world, but you, then you got to try to implement it. And I yeah. think you and I talked about it, or especially I know you did at some point in time, this idea that, you know, it said in the manual, you're going to convert these spaces to labs and you're going to do this and you're going to do that, which is great, but then you have to try to do it. Right. And we're seeing yeah. that. I mean, uh, you know, there's an article in the athletic right now that's, you know, Oakland had to cancel one of their, um, one of their workouts today because they couldn't get the testing back to be sure everybody was cleared. You know, um, John Doolittle spoke to the media today and, and he was talking about, you know, he got tested on Friday and he still hasn't gotten his test result back. Um, there's a lot of this. It's a lot of backup. It's a lot of, you know, this sounds good in theory, but once you start putting it into practice, it may not work as well. And that's, you know, a little bit of the problem. I mean, when they were battling it back and forth, I mean, I know they were writing this manual at the time too, but the the way that the things worked, you didn't get a chance to try to put some of this in practice. You know, it'd been better to have a four or five week camp yeah. or something like that, just to be able to make sure you get a chance to do this or to have an agreement and say, okay, three weeks from now, we're going to come in because we're going to spend these three weeks getting everything ready yeah. and getting all this testing stuff done. Yeah, and that's why Major League Baseball shouldn't have been dragging their feet as long as they were, because right. they could have implemented that three weeks ago instead of doing it now and still gotten the number of games in that they, they felt like they needed to. And the other thing is, just to add to that, I'm hearing uh, about guys within the framework of this process, whether they're equipment people or, or trainers or whatever, 
who aren't even aware of some of the protocols, right? So there's mm. there's a, a lack of translating the information to yeah. the appropriate people. One of the things is, you know, pitchers are supposed to have a, a wet rag so they're not licking their fingers, right? Mm-hmm. I heard a story today about, and I don't know if it was an equipment manager or what the actual role was, but the person who should have been providing that had never heard of that before. And pitchers <laughs> were like, well, but I'm supposed to have it. So the yeah. the communicating of the actual information and implementing the protocols is something that just takes time and re-education and getting that information to everyone that needs to have it. And that appears to not be happening as well as just, you know, the actual time and labor of getting and processing and relaying information from the testing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, again, at least there is three weeks till opening day and there's, you know, a lot of this is going to hopefully maybe work itself out as they go along, as they kind of streamline these things, as people start realizing, you know, they have to provide wet rags and things of that nature. Um, so there is a little bit of time, but that's just, it's just not much. It feels, I mean, you know, it's already been, you know, the first weekend's gone uh, from people have been there. It's, you know, it's going to be the end of July before you know it. Yeah. Um, especially when you're, you're not working. I don't know. You're not working like the whole day, which I guess maybe it's kind of like the same way as spring, but you know, you've got this, you're, you're going in shifts and you're doing it differently. And I don't, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Um, which is pretty much <laughs> the synopsis yeah. of 2020. This is your right har- hardcore analysis of what's happening in baseball. It's weird. <laughs> I, I defy you to find anybody that could explain it any better than that. So, um, But and one of the big things is going to be, as we have kind of said throughout this, is making sure that this bubble system and I know it's not like the bubble like they were talking about in Arizona and stuff, but it's still this idea that they come to the ballpark and then they don't do much else. You know, they fly to Milwaukee, but they don't do much else. Um, to be able to keep this kind of containment is going to take a lot of um, discipline on the part of yeah. 20 to 30-year-old men, which is not necessarily high. <laughs> what? On this, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, never often, seen anything that would lead me to that conclusion before. I, I, I know I'm kind of letting out some secrets here. <laughs> I know because it's not something that everybody knows. But um, so it was good to see Adam Wainwright. He came out today and said, "Look, we've talked. It was and by we we were talking about the veterans of of him and Molina and Carpenter. I think he mentioned Matt Weeders and Andrew Miller. But I think the three that really probably hold enough weight are, are, are those first three. Uh, and we've told the young guys, look, you can't be flouting these rules. You've got to follow the rules, you know, just deal with it for a couple of months. And then, you know, after that, we don't care. You know, I mean, you do whatever you want to do, but I got to feel like that kind of peer pressure, if you will, the positive kind, and this idea that you don't really want to disappoint guys like Molina and um, <laughs> Wainwright and, you know, if you do something bad, Yadi Molina is going to take the Instagram. Oh yeah, and they'll let people know about it. So, all of that said, you know, I feel like that's at least, some, and I'm sure all the other teams have got some yeah. sort of that kind of culture too. But I kind of feel like that's going to help a lot in trying to keep things contained. That's the only way this works in any sense, right? Mm-hmm. We know that there are going to be guys 
who test positive. We knew that going in. And that doesn't diminish the severity of it, but that's the risk people were willing to accept, right? On some level. If they weren't willing to accept the risk, they had the opportunity to step away for the season. And some guys are doing that. But the reality is this system, this plan only works if everyone buys in. And to get any size group to a situation where they all buy into the same process and the same rules and the same basically lifestyle for even three months is a bit of a miracle (laughs) if it happens. But that's what makes this so hard, right? Is that if you're Adam Wainwright and you do everything correctly, you follow every rule, you do everything that you're supposed to do and you end up, you know, next to a guy who doesn't, well, then that guy might impact your health and the health of your family. That's why this is so complicated. That's why guys like Mike Trout can basically say, I don't know if I can do this and feel that conflicted about it because it's not about whether or not he wants to follow the rules. It's about whether or not he trusts the other guys on his team and not only on his team, but the opposing team, right? Because they're not necessarily going to be in contact with each other as best as they can avoid it, but that doesn't mean, you know, standing at first base, the guy (laughs) on the bag isn't going to be close enough to breathe on you or whatever. So there's so much trust of other players to follow through that there has to be some kind of oversight to hopefully inspire that, to hopefully encourage that. But even then, you know, and Adam Wainwright kind of said this, like, after this three months, we can't tell you what to do. (laughs) But if you're going to be here and you're going to participate, then you have to play along and you cannot take any shortcuts and you cannot find any loopholes. You have to be on board. Yeah. And I mean, that's even, that's even, even being innocent on stuff. I mean, you know, like you were saying about, you know, you're not going to interact with the other team, but how easy is it going to be for, a guy, you know, you travel to Pittsburgh and you say, Hey, you know, I know player X over on the pirates. He can come hang out with me at my hotel room because he's going through the same thing I'm going through. We're staying, you know, protected, but you know, that guy goes home and, you know, maybe he's, you know, got something you don't know about and it spreads that way. I mean, even there's gotta be even that kind of distance, even probably between other teams, just because, you know, you don't know. Um, even though they're going through some of the same procedures you are, these things happen. Um, yeah. Are you a little bit, as we've seen, you know, cause I, we saw a lot of people right before the rosters were announced, start saying that they were not going to play. We saw Mike Leak said he was going to stay out and, and a couple of others. And I kind of thought, okay, well, that's about it. Well, it, 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 as a week has gone, we've gotten even more. In fact, David Price then today says he's going to opt out of the season. Um, are you a little surprised we haven't had any Cardinals do that? Yeah. I mean, not that every team has had some, but are you surprised that some, I mean, I saw what Ponce de Leon has a child coming. Mm-hmm. Andrew Miller has a child coming. Um, you know, there's a lot of issues, various places. Any, any reason would have been fine to opt out. Are you surprised that nobody did? A little bit, but you know, I've been trying to think who I would have expected to possibly make that choice. And I don't know that I can really come up with anyone. I mean, Jordan Hicks with the the possible health complications with diabetes, but 
that kid's not going to not play. <laughs> yeah. um, no, no. So I, you know, I've, I've tried to think of who I might've expected to make that choice. And I don't know that, I don't know that there's anyone that I feel like I would have expected that. Although I guess, you know, David Price was a bit unexpected and that that's not really a fair way to look at it. But as far as whether or not I'm surprised, I don't think, I didn't see a whole lot of op- options for guys that I thought who might be too concerned to play. And I don't know if that means they're all just dumb <laughs> or <laughs> if they're all just that sure that they can trust their teammates. And, you know, that's, that's sort of how I'm functioning in real life right now. And, you know, while I would, there, there's part of my brain that's like, just stay home and never see anyone ever again. That's not the way that life actually works. And sometimes I do have to leave my house, but I'm more inclined to feel okay with that if I trust the people I'm going to be around than if it's a bunch of people that I don't trust or that I don't know. So I don't know which way. Maybe that's like the glass half full versus half empty perspective on that. Maybe they just trust each other that well. But maybe they're just all that much more focused on baseball than they are anything else. Who knows? Well, and I think that's, that's gotta be, that's fair. I mean, I mean, that is their job and especially some of these guys, you know, just coming up, we've talked about it so much that this is not, they need the money. I mean, let's, let's be fair. They need to play. I mean, yeah, the, the David prices and the, um, Ryan Zimmerman and Mike Leak and those kind of guys. It's, it's good that they feel like, I mean, I, I don't, I won't say it's good. I'd hate that they have to, they feel like they need to, but I understand that. And I have no problem with that, but they also have significant amounts of money to sit on. I mean, they, they've earned a lot in their career. And so it's a little bit easier for them to turn down whatever their salary was supposed to be this year, because, um, it, you know, I'd hate to say they're not going to notice it, but they're probably not going to notice it to some degree. Um, whereas a guy like Jordan Hicks or a guy like Jack Flaherty, even, I mean, it would be a principled stand for them to, and, and I'm guessing that they just don't feel like there's that need right now, yeah. you know, which is good. They don't necessarily have anybody that's high risk in their circle or they trust that baseball is going to do all they can. And they also, I figure, hope, trust that baseball will do the right thing if it looks like things are getting out of hand. That, that may be a little bit naive if that's the case, but um, so, yeah, I mean, you're right. I can't think of anybody. I mean, in the, in a different situation, you could see a, an Adam Wainwright um, yeah. doing that, but again, this could be Adam Wainwright's last year. And I don't think he wants to sit out unless he just really, really felt a strong desire to. Um, and, you know, we don't know of anybody else. I don't think anybody else really has that situation where they've got, you know, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, Stephen Piscotty with his mother situation. Yeah. What it might've been a thing. Um, but I don't think we have anybody like that now that, that I know of. I mean, that doesn't mean that they don't have situations. So you're right. I don't, there's not an obvious one. Um, and we're not done yet. I mean, there could be people that, you know, get into this and, after a couple of weeks and they look and see what the procedures are and say, I'm not real comfortable with these procedures and I'm just going to wave the white flag and I'll come back right. at it next year. Yeah. And I won't be surprised if that's the case, especially 
once these intake screenings do actually get completed and and we have a more true idea of positive tests versus people who just might have come in contact with someone who might have been a positive test and there might be guys who will wait and at that point if you know they were a, a negative result and there are too many guys who were positive around them, they might bail and they would have every right to do so. And and no one should question that, especially, I mean, not even especially, right? That should be a period. No one should question that, right? right? Whether it's their life or the life of anyone that they're going to be around, it shouldn't matter. And it's baseball and it's a game and yes, it's their job. And yes, it's something that we all love or we wouldn't be talking about it so much, but it's not more valuable than their lives. And they can choose to take that risk if they want to, but if they don't choose to take that risk, no one should think any less of them for it. No, absolutely. And I mean, again, especially since most of these people are not high risk, they're not going to get paid. I mean, and and again, like I said, some of them can afford that, but they're still turning that down. They are making a sacrifice um, because they believe their health is more important. And, And exactly. I don't see how you argue with that at all. I mean, even if you are not one that feels like this is, you know, maybe it's a little bit overblown or whatever, which there still are people out there with that. Um, but even so, you've got to, you got to respect a guy that can say, look, I'm going to, I'm going to sit it out. Um, I say that and then I see some of the comments online and I guess maybe you don't have to because people yeah. are stupid. Um, so anyway, um, we are again it's a, it's a little bit a weird opening we're just seeing pictures from the press box and uh, <laughs> getting a story here and there and some long video i know um fox sports Midwest had <laughs> televised zoom calls i think is what <laughs> yeah. they had for um uh, a programming special on friday night um it's it's not it's not really spring training because we're not seeing a lot of what we actually usually see even early in spring, but it's something I just, I don't yeah. know. I mean, do you really feel, and I guess we've had this kind of discussion. I think, do you feel like baseball <laughs> is back now, even though we've been, yay, it is. Do you really feel like it is? No. And the reason for that is not because of what they're doing on the field versus what they're not doing, or the fact that it doesn't really air quotes matter for the season. It's because mm-hmm. I'm still not convinced there's actually going to be a regular season. So for me, it's it's kind of like, cool, I'm glad to see that there are people at the ballparks and and I know that there are people who work there on the media level or, or whatever else it is that are thrilled to be there. And that's great. But I'm still skeptical enough of the whole setup and the whole prospect that I'm not really getting my hopes up, so I'm not really latching on to what's happening as <laughs> any version of real baseball. Yeah. And and for me, I mean, I really – baseball for me is baseball games for the most part. I mean, after you've gone for a winter, yeah, seeing warm-ups and stuff like that is great. But, you know, we only have like a week or two of that before you start getting into spring training games, so you don't have to deal with it too much. Um I just, yeah, until I start putting some games together, we're not going to see probably anything until the actual opening day. I, I have problems being fully invested, I guess, in, mm-hmm. in things so far. And it's probably safer, as you said, to not fully invest at any point in this season, um, which is going to be really obnoxious because, you know, if the Cardinals are winning by four games in September, you still can't be... <laughs> 
fully yeah. fully invested in this because you don't know if September, you know, you're going to make right. it to the end of September or if you're going to make it through October. So I, maybe something to think about and talk about later on is how how do you follow the team this year? Mm-hmm. How 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 deep do you get into it? I don't know. Yeah, and that's one thing that you know, I know several teams have had people, whether it's managers or otherwise, speak about what it would mean to win a World Series in this bizarre season. And that's great. It's fun to talk about in the sense that I wonder how these people would feel about this season and the fact that it's only 60 games and whatever. But the reality is this season, perhaps more than ever before, we can't get out that far <laughs> in what we're expecting or what we're analyzing or how we're predicting things because there's no guarantee that we're still going to have guys on the field three days from now, much less three months from now. And that's just going to be the reality that we live with through all this, I think. Seems like it. And that's a weird way to go through a baseball <laughs> season, but we'll figure it out as a go, I guess. So um, Cardinals should be, Again, I think the idea was that Wednesday was supposed to be the first intra-squad game. Um, I'm sure we'll get lots of great play-by-play from, you know, Derek Gould and uh, Mark Saxon sitting up there in the press box. Um, and that'll be just like watching the game, I'm totally. sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, Tara and I will be with you again next week. We'll have another week through and hopefully be a week closer to opening day. So until then, that is Tara. I'm Daniel. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.